You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel Service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. First of all, I just want to say thank you for the opportunity to speak with you. I know you didn't have a choice, um, but I'm glad that you're here, and I hope that we can spend this time learning together. As Liz mentioned, I graduated a long time ago, back in 1990, and my class hymn is Great is Thy Faithfulness. And this hymn has had such great meaning to me through the years. It's one of my favorite hymns. It talks about the faithfulness of the Lord in the good and the bad times and how his mercies are new every single day. And Jeannie read the verse from Lamentations, and I'm going to read it again to you today because this is where the song Great is Thy Faithfulness comes from. It's from Lamentations 3, 22 through 23. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Now that is a great encouragement to us, but that's not the way the chapter begins. That actually comes near the end of the chapter. The beginning of the chapter, however, is pretty dramatic, pretty traumatic. And it comes from a very hard place. It sounds a little bit like this. I am the man who has seen affliction by the rod of the Lord's wrath. He has driven me away and made me walk in darkness rather than light. Indeed, he has turned his hand against me again and again all day long. He has made my skin and my flesh grow old. He has broken my bones. He has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. He has made me dwell in darkness in these long day, like those long dead. He has walled me in so I cannot escape. He has weighed me down with chains. Even when I cry out for help, he shuts out my prayer. He has barred my way with blocks of stone. He has made my paths crooked. And it continues on. And then it comes to this verse. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And I'd like to say that even in the hard times, it's through those hard times that we begin to recognize God's goodness and his faithfulness. It's through those very difficult times when we give those times to the Lord that he can bring beauty out of it, just like this painting shows. It's through those ashes comes the great beauty. When I was at Asbury, I met this guy. We became college sweethearts. I graduated, he had a year left. We got married the following year and came back and started working at Asbury. It was a great life. We had a lot of fun together, we enjoyed it. We were incredibly plugged in, incredibly involved at the university college at that time, and had a lot of great friends in the area. It was a lot of fun, and we had the perfect marriage. It was exactly what I thought it would be. And then we started a family, and we had two boys, and we just had this perfect little life of busyness and work and friends and all the fun. And then things started getting hard. And things were not as great as we thought they were. And it didn't um, 
just didn't work out the way we thought that it would work out. And I realized that I trusted God, I believed in God, I felt like I was a Christian, but I only believed in Him a little bit, not always. And I trusted Him, but not completely. I gave Him my heart, but I kept quite a few pieces for myself. And as we're going through this hard time, um, my marriage started falling apart. And what should have been this beautiful time of coming together, we became more distant. We were very active. We looked from the outside like everything was fine. And honestly, that's really what it was. It became a marriage of appearance. And it was really hard to admit. I worked in a Christian community. I worked at a Christian university. I had to be perfect, right? Because that's what this is all about, is your image. And what I realized as I went along is my marriage was pretty shallow. We had a great time together. We talked together. We did a lot of things together. But we did not really talk about the hard things in life. We didn't really come together. We weren't each other's champion and help meet as it was supposed to be. But of course, those things are in hindsight when you recognize that, because as you're going along, life gets busy, we got independent, and it wasn't what it was supposed to be. I realized that I was more concerned about fitting in than I was about belonging, because fitting in is all about adapting and becoming what other people expect of you, and belonging is having the hard conversations. Belonging is being vulnerable. And belonging is trusting the Lord and those that are close to you. I needed to do the hard work of doing that, but I was too scared because honestly, I was more afraid of failing. I was more afraid of being unworthy and that my failure in my marriage would really confirm that I was not worthy, that I was disposable. So all my fears were coming to fruition and I had to pretend, I felt like I had to pretend that everything was okay. So I just continued to work and I worked harder and harder. And I would be all smiles at work and come in with a great attitude, but at home it was a different story. I was bitter and I was lonely and I was fearful. And as I became more bitter, my husband became more distant. And it broke our marriage apart. And we began to figure, have to figure out the hard decisions of what we were going to do next. And Liz mentioned I have two boys, and I love my boys so dearly. It hurts my heart to know that we hurt them, because that's what divorce does. It's not easy. It's certainly not fun. It's a very big and hard decision to make. And we knew that when we made it, we would hurt the people closest to us. And the choices and the consequences are long-lasting. But even in this, even in this, God is good and He is faithful. God is good even when our circumstances are not. God is good even when our choices are not. God is good even when people are not. And God is good even when the diagnosis is not. God is good. His nature does not change. He is faithful. 
So I continued to go along this path until finally we realized that we needed to get divorced, and we did. I was ashamed. I was very embarrassed. I felt like a complete failure. It rocked my confidence. And all along, the Lord kept bringing kindness to me, to me, someone who didn't deserve it. But God's goodness is all around us, and we have to have the eyes to recognize it. And that is my hope for you, that you would be able to see, to hear, to feel, and to know God's goodness, because it truly is all around you. Walk outside. Look at the trees and the sky. See a sunset. Look at the incredible beauty of flowers and the colors that are all around us. And God's goodness comes through people and their shared story. So I learned that um, God was going to be good to me whether I wanted to accept it or not, because that's his nature. And I started recognizing God's goodness. It came in the form of a fountain Mountain Dew on my porch or my college sweetmates showing up on the door just to check on me and make sure I was okay. Came in the form of just kindnesses of every day and working with great people, working in a place that I felt safe and comfortable and loved. And as kindness comes in my walks, I love to walk. Are there runners out here? Does anyone run? Bless you, you are incredible people. I couldn't run to the back of the auditorium, it's horrible. But I love to walk. I think it's so um, invigorating to me. So I walk. I walk my dog. Um, I just walk. And as I walk, I'm sure people think I'm crazy, but I talk. I talk to God. I tell him all the things that I think he needs to know. Uh, newsflash, he already knows it. But I'm telling him anyway, and I'm talking through all my problems. I come up with great ideas or ideas that I think are great. I solve the world's problems. I uh, lament. I cry, I pray for my friends, my family, especially my boys. I walk, and as I walk, I'm surrounded by God's goodness. And I love looking up at the sky. I love seeing the vastness of God. My favorite place to walk, however, is on the beach. I just love walking out in the sand. I love um, hearing the crash of the waves. I love feeling the breeze in my hair and the sun on my face. I love the smell of the salt water. And I love looking for shells. I just think it's a wonderful place for me to recognize God's goodness. And he can speak to us in so many different ways. As I'm working through all of this um, process of getting to know God, I realize that my relationships with God and with others are very surface, and I have to do the hard work of getting to know Him better and allowing myself to be vulnerable, like sharing my story in front of a lot of people who don't really know me. This is terrifying. It's terrifying to me. And when Greg asked me to consider speaking in chapel, my first response was, nope, no way. Sheer terror just grips me. Um, because it's scary. And I want more than anything for you to know God in a special way, for you to, to lean into God, for you to know without a shadow of a doubt that He loves you. That's my heart's desire. And so it's worth it to go through and to 
reevaluate and to look at our story because our stories matter. And I hope that you will find something in my story that will help you. Two and a half years ago, I was in a meeting in the alumni house and I got a phone call and I ignored it because I'm in a meeting. And a few minutes later, uh, my phone rang again and I picked it up and it was my dad. So I stepped out of the meeting and I answered the call and my dad was calling to tell me that my mom was in the hospital and that they were going to have to start running some tests on her. They thought she might have pancreatic cancer. And it was shocking. I was devastated. And I just couldn't wrap my brain around, what does this even mean? And I was asking all these questions, and in the background, I can hear my mom quietly crying. So I talked to my mom, and I just said, Mom, let's pray together. So we prayed together, and I had to go back into the alumni house and share with them what, what was happening. And I work with incredible people, I'm so blessed. And they come alongside of me, and they shore me up. And so we began a journey of um, trying to figure out how to best serve my mom. And I started doing research, and the first people I called were a couple of alums that I know in the medical field. I said, what is this all about? Tell me what I need to know. What can we do? And I'm very grateful that one person I spoke with, he just said, Lisa, this is probably the most difficult thing because usually by the time they find pancreatic cancer, it's too late. And that doesn't happen all the time, but it is true for the majority of patients. And it was true for my mom. So the journey began of how do you walk alongside your parent? How do you love your parent? How do you serve them well? When you live in Kentucky and they live in Florida and your brother and his family lives in Maryland. And we began the journey of a lot of trips and a lot of up and down. And I started questioning, God, are you good? How can you be good and let this happen to my mom who has lived this faithful life? How can this happen to my dad? They've been married for 50 years. What's going to happen? So we walked through, and in July, I started going down every three or four days. I'd come back for three or four days and just made this process in this trip. But in the last couple of weeks of her life, I had the privilege of being with her every day. I got to see my dad serve my mom selflessly. I got to see my brother be so incredibly sweet to my mom. My boys were rocks for me because I was alone. I didn't have a partner in life. And my mom, who is my biggest fan, is now um, getting ready to go into the arms of Jesus. So all of these things were happening, and I'm trying to figure out what can I do and how is God faithful? And he was faithful. It showed up in neighbors. It showed up in their pastors coming to visit with them. It showed up in their friends. What an incredible community they had. And I got to see God's family at work once again. After my mom's funeral, I got in the car the next day and drove home. And I started work on Monday. 
that next day, and I hit the ground running, and I just went full steam ahead, because that's what we have to do. We have to keep going. And as I kept going several weeks into it, I realized I had nothing left to give. I was done. I was weak. I was tired. I was irritable, and I was empty. And I asked my boss, can I please just have a week? And he graciously let me go. And I went to a friend's beach house, and I've been there before. It's my favorite beach in St. Augustine. It's filled with shells. It's beautiful. It's peaceful, and it's very private. And I went with a friend, and I said, I don't want to talk to anyone all week. I just need time. And I just went walking on the beach. And I walked on the beach time and time again, just up and down, miles and miles, crying out to the Lord, just crying, being thankful, being grateful, just stopping and standing and letting the waves and the sun on my face bring me peace and bring me joy. But as I was walking, this whole time I was at the beach, I did not find one shell, not one. The year before I'd gone and we collected so many, we had to leave buckets of them at the house. But this year I could not find one. And I was like, God, really, I need you to see me. Do you know me? Can you see me? And I just kept walking. And every day it was the same thing. On the last day, I was walking again. And I was asking the Lord, I was really telling him, I need you to see me. I need you to show me that you understand and that you know me. And as I was walking back, I was just reminded that I needed to be grateful. I said, thank you. Thank you for letting me come here. Thank you for letting me spend some time with you in this place. And thank you for your beauty. I'm so grateful. And out of the corner of my eye, I see something rolling. And I reach down and I snag it. And it's the shell. And on the screen, you can see it. Not pretty. Not the prettiest shell. It's probably one of the ugliest shells I've ever seen. It was beat up. It had weathered a lot of storms. It had a lot of holes in it. It was drab and empty. And I felt, yes, Lord, you see me. Because that shell was exactly the way, it looked exactly the way I felt. And I took the shell and I have it, and even today it's sitting on the counter in my bathroom as a great reminder that the Lord does see. He does know, and he knows who we are and where we are. A year later, I went back to the beach again. Um, I had a few minutes and I was going to see my dad and his new wife and I needed some time. And I was in between appointments with some alumni and I was next to a beach that I wasn't very familiar with, with but I wanted to take the time to go there. And so I had 45 minutes, I drive to the beach, I throw off my shoes, I roll up my pants and I walk out to Clearwater Beach and it's packed with people. It's in the middle of the afternoon and I know that I just have to go quickly but I just want to put my toes in the water. So I walk down to the water and I'm thinking, and I'm talking out loud in my soul to God and I'm just telling him, thank you. 
thank you that I'm not in the same place that I was. That yes, I still grieve. I know things are not perfect, but I'm grateful. I have joy and I'm so thankful that I get to feel the sun on my face, that I have the opportunity to be down here. And I'm thankful that my, my father is not lonely, but it's hard. But thank you, God. And as I was walking back to my car, I see out of the corner of my eye the shell. And I reach down and I snag it. And I pick it up. And it's kind of pretty. It's not beautiful. It's kind of rough on the outside. But the inside is beautiful, shiny and new. And you can't tell from the picture, but it just glowed. And I started laughing. Because I thought, yes, Lord, you do see me. I'm different. I'm different inside. And I have the shell, and I took it home, and I put it next to my other one. And it is a reminder to me every morning that the God who created the universe, that the God who created the ocean and the sky, and the God who created you and me sees me, and he knows me. And I just want to tell you today that that same God, he sees you and he knows you. He is good. He is faithful and he is true. And all of his beautiful creation, you are his most beautiful creation. So today, please know that God is good. His mercies are new every day, and great is his faithfulness.